Kev's got a new emoji. I'm going to ask Santa Claus for Christmas for a computer that actually bloody works. Anyway, uh, we've just seen the game. We will, we won 4 1. Uh, joining me this evening is Mr. Dave, Dave, Dave. <laughs> Evening, Gav. And also, fresh from trying to count votes, it's Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm good. I'm actually going to do this podcast whilst I'm still counting, if that's okay with you guys. So, it might, I'm, it might, it might be the world's longest podcast because it might take me about three more days, if that's all right with everybody. Although, as a Republican, it would, depend, it would depend which state you're in, whether you're saying stop the count or carry on counting, won't it? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, bloody hell. Anyway, <laughs> let's not go down that route. Uh, hopefully, there's going to be people joining us on the Facebook page, on the Periscope, off Twitter, and on the YouTube. Uh, if you want to say hello, say hello. Hello, Andy. Uh, well... I don't know quite what to say. It was another one of those games of two halves. Uh, hello, hello, Charlie. Uh, I thought we sort of started off okay, then stuttered, and then they scored, which, to be fair, was a good hit, I thought. Uh, yeah, very and then good. We sort of come back at them, and yeah, it was one of those. Hello, Beth. Uh, I mean, what do we want to talk about their goal? Dave, Mike, do you want to talk about their goal? Not really. I mean, it was a it was a good finish. I, I thought at the time that Leno could have done better. Am I being harsh there, Dave? I don't know why he did it because it was t- it was a pass either side. It wasn't like he was under pressure, so it was an odd one. Because I think since the mistake the other week, he's got better at knowing when to kick long, and he's been doing it more. But that wasn't an occasion where he needed to, so it was a bit inexplicable. Um, yeah, don't know why he made that decision, but hey, uh, he wasn't set. Kalazanak was miles up the pitch for some reason. You know, Enketi is not the right player to hit it long to. So, yeah, all round odd. Yeah, like I say, it'd be, it'd be very easy to blame Leno, I think. Uh, I mean, again, there was still sort of between Eddie getting out jump, which obviously was going to happen, uh, there were still four or five players behind the ball and none of them got anywhere near it. So, it was one of those, but I think we almost needed that to sort of give us a little bit of a kick up the arse, mate. Yeah, I totally agree with that statement for sure. And I've thought, in fact, a couple of times this season when I've been very frustrated watching Arsenal, I felt like, OK, if the other team scores, I think this might be a good thing because, you know, the, what was the game where we were just swinging it like the horseshoe round back and forth and back and forth and finally lost a couple of weeks ago? I was uh, almost pining for the other team to to go ahead or to go further ahead to actually kick us into gear and make us a little more direct. But um, I'm like Dave. I think um, uh, I think it's Dave said it that um, we played we played well most of all the night uh, long, and I wasn't particularly panicked, which I think is a compliment to uh, to the way Arsenal played tonight. I think that they played uh, with control tonight, and uh, they could have panicked, but they didn't. Yeah, and I guess, like I say, I mean, I haven't written any notes. I should have done. Should I have written notes? I don't know. Uh, the next sort of thing, really, was the the goal that never was. Uh, another sort of cross that's been disallowed through offside. Uh, I didn't understand that one. I mean, I looked at it straight away and thought, Eddie's got the touch and Eddie scored that game. So it's just a linesman being a linesman. 
Yeah. I called it, funnily enough, I called it when they, straight away I called it, and then the commentator sort of picked up on it on the replay, didn't he? And, and well, I don't know about in America, but over here, he picked on it up on it late, and I'd already spotted it that that, that should have been a goal. Um, Willock was offside, but he was behind. Enketia made the run. Willock had gone too early. Willock realised. Enketia came in, finished it. Willock was behind him and behind the goalkeeper, so he couldn't have been interfering with play. He wasn't blocking anyone's view. So, yeah, it was a perfect good goal. Frustrating because I thought Pepe looked good when he went out on the left. He started very slowly on the right, swapped it over. Great cross, perfect, and it should have been a very good goal. But, uh, yeah, shame. I feel, like Gab, that, Gab, I feel like as well that um, uh, not. I hate to blame the lino on that one. Actually, I think that's almost what VAR is for. Is in incidences like that because the, in, uh, Eddie's leg and Willock's leg were so close together, forty yards away or whatever it is for the lino. I'm not sure how he's supposed to figure that out. I couldn't figure it out until I saw a replay. So. Mm, yeah, no, like I say, I mean, I would have thought it, the only reason that I sort of thought straight away while I was looking at it Back in two sets. was the direction that the ball was the, the ball travelled into the net. It was almost square on as if it had been sort of hit square on. Whereas yeah. if, 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 if it had hit Willock, it would have almost gone back more towards the keeper. So that's the only reason why I thought straight away that's who it's come off, sort of thing. And then when you look at it, I mean, Eddie's. I think Eddie was unlucky tonight. I think he, yeah, if he'd got that one, he might have gone on to get another couple. And he had a couple that he missed and a couple of half little chances. And I feel a little bit sorry for Eddie tonight, to be fair. Yeah. He looks, crest, he, he, he looks crestfallen when he doesn't score, doesn't he? He, he just Ooh. lives to score goals. And if he doesn't, and he, and he, like right at the end when that one came across, it was brilliant cross from Saka when he, he made the near post run to get on the header and it just. He just misjudged it and the defender sort of put him off. And, and you saw his face. It was just, he was just devastated that he hadn't scored. He thought it was a great chance and he should have got it. And he just always looks so down when he doesn't, you know, when he doesn't get a goal, which is great, which is a great thing. You know? Yeah. I'll follow on from uh, Dave's point that he made about Pepe and Williams switching wings there. Um, I thought that was a really intelligent decision based on Eddie being on the field because Eddie is a six-box, six-yard box poacher, isn't he? As he did all night, as he's done for his entire Arsenal career. And if you have a left footer on the left going on the outside and putting balls across the six-yard box, and William did it a few times on the right, that's that suits Eddie. So, um, you know, I think that was a very intelligent uh, decision by Arteta to do that, or the players to switch over. And I hope we see more of that. And I think we've learned I something. Said, oh, yeah. Hallelujah, Mike. I said that last time we were together. I think it was after the Vienna game. I said exactly the same thing. I, I, and I tweeted it before the game. It made sense with Eddie playing to have to, you know, to be playing 4-2-3-1 with those two wide. I had a bit of a, you know, debate with Chris and was on Twitter during the second half. Absolutely. If you're going to play in Ketia, you want the wingers on their right feet. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I like seeing them switch about. Because I, I think after sort of 20 minutes or 30 minutes, and if you've got a left back who's all, who spent the last four or five days studying Pepe and making sure he's seen him, you know, onto his right foot or, or whatever, the fact that they're swapping over, it gives the defender something else to think about and something else that he might not have sort of been completely doing his homework on. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that the team tonight would have gone that in depth, but premiership teams will. Every premiership, every premiership left back is going to know how to play against Pepe. So yeah. swapping them about just gives them something else to think about, and that's what you want to do. It's breaking it, 
breaking up and giving us more chances, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a question for Dave, actually, or Gab, too. Um, do you think that the Pepe experiment on the left, which let's say happened maybe three or four times uh, piecemeal during different games, do you think that's more about the other wing that we've got? So, so for example, William can play both sides, Nelson can play both sides, Abamyang apparently can play both sides, even though he's better on the left. So do you think that it's about trying to experiment with Pepe on the left? Or just about more about William uh, needing to switch wings, but Pepe just has to. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I don't honestly see, unless unless somebody has a dramatic change in form or fortune, I don't see William and Pepe starting in a Premier League side together very often. Um, I just they are vying for one position, and, and on current form, maybe not even that. You know, it, it, it could be a Bamiyang Saka and Lacazette with neither of those two playing on current form. Uh, I just, you know, you see the flashes of brilliance from both of them. But at that level, with Willian's experience and Pepe's talent, we should be seeing it for more than flashes in a game. And one of them's going to have to step up and be more consistent and influence a game um, in the near future. Or someone like Willock or Nelson will get in the Premier League side ahead of them. They're going to have to step up, both of them, I think. But what about Aubameyang at centre-forward? Arteta's confirmed what everybody's wanting, which is to see him at centre-forward. He said it's going to happen. So when that happens, there's a wing open, isn't there? Yeah, it's that's what I said, but you're not going to see both of them because there's no way Saka's not a first-choice starter in the Premier League for me. He has to be. Oh. Uh, unless, he, unless he's going to play. So you and I have both suggested he could play Saka in the hole. Yep. which we haven't really seen as yet. We've maybe seen it once or twice in flashes. But right now, if, it, if it's going to be 4-3-3, then it's going to be Saka, Aubameyang, and one of Willian and Pepe. And Nelson, obviously, on last week's form, if he gets a fit in a run of games, he's in that equation as well. Right, just to uh, to go on with that, with regards to uh, who made a good impression tonight, etc., etc. Uh, we'll look, yet again, exactly the same as a week ago, Man of the match, instrumental in there, two own goals, scored one himself, set one up. What's the boy got to do? What's the boy got to do to get? I mean, he's not even getting in the squad on Premier, yeah. on, you know, for the Premier League games at the moment. And I, I can understand that. I saw his interview. I mean, he's done a brilliant interview a couple of days ago, and he seems a quiet, shy, perhaps even retiring chap. He's not. You know, an in-your-face young lady. You know, he's a 21-year-old young man, really, now. Uh, but was, was, has he got to do anything else, Mike? I mean, he's done it two weeks running now, hasn't he? Well, he has. And um, I wonder if his if his sin, so to speak, is the fact that he plays without structure. Um, I've been writing my notes for my blog in the morning, and I've called it um, chaos. The, the guy offers chaos, and he's exactly what Arsenal lack. We lack risk. Courage and attack, creativity, whatever word you want to pick. Tonight, I chose the word chaos because the guy um, looks like he was a dog um, locked up in a cage, just recently let off his leash. And he's, he's offering that chaos that um, none of the other Arsenal players offer. And that hunger to get in the box, it reminded me almost of what we never saw from Ramsey, which is Ramsey in a 4-3-3, given structure behind him, which is what Arteta's offered there now and, and allowed to offer that same freedom and chaos but um i would love to see it yeah i mean i said it in the um 
during the game when he made that sort of lung busting run to get on the end of something. He didn't didn't quite get there, but I said we haven't got a single player in the squad that will do that, and we haven't since Ramsey left. Someone someone mistook my, what I was saying and said Enketia would have. Yes, I'm not I'm not talking about strikers. That's what they do. But we haven't got another midfield player who's going to make that late run into the box to try and get the end of something. Um, and I mean, I know it's only a couple of games, but we have to remember he, you know, he's been playing for three years now, in and out of the first team. He's played more games than anyone else for Arsenal last season. So he's not he's not a kid anymore. Um, and he, he needs to be knocking on, he needs to be banging on Arteta's door. And if he is shy and retiring, perhaps he needs not to be because he is very different to anything else. And if we are going to play 4 3 3 and, and Saka isn't going to play in that role and he is going to play one of the two wide roles, then, you know, who is going to be the third midfield player? And if we're going to play with a base of two, then, you know, he is, he and Saka are probably, or maybe Willian are the three candidates right now. So he, he should have as good a chance as anyone, I think, you know, if he keeps playing like this in the Europa League. Like I say, I mean, the other thing he actually went on the interview and he, he said he would, you know, they asked, they asked, actually asked him about what, you know, why he's not, you know, appearing and blah, blah, blah. And he's saying, you know, my boyhood club, I've been there since I was eight years old and blah, blah, blah. Saying all the right media savvy sort of stuff that they all say anyway. Uh, but then he sort of said, well, I'd like my football to do the talking. And you can't deny it. Like I say, I mean, I know, you know, the opposition that he had last week and the opposition he had this week is going to be different and it probably fare not as well as if he, you know, he would have gone against Villa on Sunday. But he's the player, Mike. Look, if things aren't going well in the midfield and we're losing a little bit of attacking influence, he's the player that I want to see on the pitch. He's because he's the only one that's given that to us at the moment. Throughout the whole of this season. He's the only midfield player that's actually given us that, well, you said chaos, but let's call it organised assault, shall we? Shall we use that yeah. term? And, and yeah. he's the only one that's doing it. He's the only one that's done it so far all season, mate. Yeah, well, he's a, he's not alone, but he's close to being alone in the whole Premier League. That that player is a bit of a dying breed, maybe even in world football, that uh, that um, box-to-box midfielder who's capable and scoring 15-plus goals a year. Of course, that's a, a stretch for Willock now because he's not in, in the team and he's not being, you know, trusted to do that yet. But you can see, if you were to say three or four years, that's fast forward, and I, and I told you that he scored 15 goals last season and 15 goals this season, I don't think you doubt me because the guy is constantly in the box and his timing of his runs. Um, I would love to see him play with party and it looks like El Nenny looks like the best combo behind him, giving him that freedom mate, to, to fulfil his um, his personal game. And like Dave said, I'd love to see Zaka on the left, Bamiang in the middle, maybe one of Pepe or William on the right. But I think that, that that balance has now arrived at Arsenal now that we've secured the middle down to allow someone like Willock to, to play his natural game. For me, don't bother playing Joe Willock if you're not going to let him do that. Mm. Oh. I mean, yeah, you know, that's that's why I think the four-two-three-one with Willock as he was, uh, that was a four-two-three-one for me tonight. Uh, and Willock had a free role in the middle. You know, he could go wherever he wanted because there was a base behind him. Um, and, and, and there's no reason why we can't do that in the Premier League. No reason at all. I mean, with El Nene and Party, we can. And, and that's the interesting point, isn't it? Because you know, you've you've said it as if just after one game, you've already seen enough of those two to know that, that that's going to be the two that starts the weekend. I, I think you're right. Um, and what that tells you is 
it should give Willock hope because if Shaka, he must have got to get Ceballos back from Real Madrid. Real Madrid, Ceballos obviously thought he was going to be starting every week as he was at the end of last season. That's not the case. Shaka obviously thinks he's the first name on the team sheet. That's no longer the case. Um, so th there's no, there's no worry about who you are, how expensive you are, you know, what your name is. It's whether you fit in the structure that Arteta wants to play on any given game. So the question for Willock is, can I fit into that structure? I think he can. Then there, there should be no barriers to him other than his own form and taking a chance if he's given it. Because for me tonight, particularly barring two passes, and I watched it specifically in the whole game, Shaka did absolutely nothing to impress himself upon a starting lineup on Saturday yeah. for me. Yeah. Yeah. So Miles did a lot more. So Miles did a lot more than Shaka tonight to, to, yeah. to push himself forward, I think. But then yeah. I, 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 want, I want to stick with this one, right? Because I've got a thing I want to put past the bacteria, really. If a Bangyang is going to start playing down the middle, and we know he's not necessarily going to be the fox in the box type striker, uh, having Willock there as well, Willock is the sort of midfielder that's going to get into them positions. He's almost yeah. going to sort of you know make up and be a uh, number 10, number 9. I, th I think there can be some sort of crossover, Mike, with regards to the pair of them, with regards to Willock running past him, etc. So, I mean, a bang end would, would prefer the ball on his feet on the edge of the box. Yeah. Whereas Willock, I think, would be capable of getting the tap-ins from the crosses that we want from Saka and what we want from uh, Pepe or Willian, whoever's going to play on the right. Yeah, and it's important too for a Bamiang, who of course is the senior player, the better player, the, the bigger goal scorer, that if he's played centre forward, he's not occupied by two centre backs. Because the the worst of a Bamiang, and I think probably the reason he doesn't play there is he stays fit. He plays every single game if you need him to. And um because he plays on the wing and he doesn't have to play with two uh two big Premier League centre backs all over him. So if you had Willock making runs into the box, that occupies one of the other centre-backs, which will be pivotal for the success of having a Bamiyang play centrally. Mm. Well, it's, going to free it's almost actually about, about, about three years ago. Sorry, Gav. About three years ago, um, when Alexis was playing, we, we almost played 4-4-1-1 with Alexis. And, and Ozil was literally playing beyond Alexis all the time. That season it was the season after he got all the, all the assists. The following season, he got more goals than assists. Ozil got a lot of goals. He was effectively playing as a second striker and getting beyond Alexis when Alexis was playing through the middle and he scored a lot of goals that way. It's almost like that for me. You know, it's almost like that. Almost a 4-4-1-1 with those two, you know, interchangeable. If that's what you're talking about, it would work for me. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's with with the base that we're hoping is going to work of Partey and uh, El Nene, I just think it actually gives us more freedom to play with it. So, I, you know, and Again, I have to say I'm probably about the first time I've said this. I don't know what else the boys got to do. Because, I mean, I like the fact that today, again, it was the it was the young players who looked more hungry. It was Woodock and they looked hungry and then Saka looked hungry when they, when they come on. And I think sometimes in the Premier games at the moment, where we're playing less of those, sort of those three, we're not looking so hungry, Mike. Is, is, it, is it a hunger and desire thing or, or what, mate? Because I, I, that's what it seems like to me, mate. No, I didn't see that quite so much. Uh, to go back to your first point that you made there, honestly, I think all Joe Willock's got to do is be, be trusted to play and just keep doing that. 
He doesn't have to do anything else. There's nothing extra beyond what we're seeing that he needs to do. He even has the athleticism and the legs and the running power, as we know, that if you want to play him as a 10 or a, a chaos player or whatever you want to call him, um, and you are, you want him to play with some structure defensively, there's not many in the Arsenal 10 that could play that role as well. So I think he's perfect for it. Um, but as to your second point, um, I think that... Um, I thought, I don't know, I think that they're fine. I think what we saw tonight was typical for the Europa League. And I think we played with intensity enough, Gav. Maybe that's a better way of putting it. Yeah. George, George Lampshire has just made a good point on the comments there about Willock. He does give you something completely different. But it's a case of having that competition for places, isn't it? Um, I think Mike and I both fancied seeing Maitland-Niles giving the run in midfield. Yeah. And there, as a change in the subject slightly, is one player who didn't do himself any favours tonight. Probably the worst player in an Arsenal shirt tonight. I mean, some of the simple passes to Willian and Pepe overhit by four or five yards, just went straight out of play. I don't know. He was driving on a lot in the first half, but he just... I don't know. It just it just wasn't at the races tonight for me, Maitland Nars, which I think he had a good opportunity there to sort of stake a claim to sort of move ahead of Cedric as the right wing back cover or right back cover, depending on the formation. And he didn't take it for me tonight, sadly. No, and it, like I said, I mean, he had some good moves as well today. He was included in the next England squad as well. Alongside, was he? Uh, yeah, and uh, him, him and Saka were included in the England squad. But yeah, no, I agree. Like, so, Again, like I, said, I think there was a lot of bitty performances in the first half and throughout the whole team, really. And like I say, I mean, you were saying that, I mean, Saka wasn't doing a great deal. I didn't really see Ceballos doing a great deal either, to be fair. I know he, he sort of mocked up a few times, but I'm sort of expecting him to be more forward than he really is, or have I just sort of got his positioning completely wrong? Do you know what I mean? Well, he can't be doing that. He can't be doing that when Willock's in the side as well, can he? I mean, he has to be. He has to be playing a more disciplined role. I thought he was. He was more. He was involved more in positive, you know, progressive play than Shaka tonight. But neither of, as I say, neither of them. I don't think Arteta will be having too much of a decision to make as to you know who's going to play in the central midfield against Villa this weekend. Uh, I mean, then again, like I say, we're. we're... As George said, we're talking about competition for players, and that's where we've wanted to be for a long time. You know, having serious comp competition for places on the pitch. And I think we'll. I'll tell you he has got a decision. He has got a decision to make who's going to play alongside Gabriel, I think. Because yeah. I think he will play a back four, and he's got a big decision between Rob Holding, who did nothing wrong, came back early to play for him, and David Luiz. And that's a. I, I couldn't call that one. What do you reckon, Mike? Uh, um, gosh, uh, what you said about Rob Holding almost doing him a favour may weigh in Rob Holding's favour, but then David Louise <laughs> offers both sides of the game, which Rob Holding can't. So if I was to stick my neck out, I'd say David Louise only because David Louise has actually got his passing range back. So I think that favours him now. Uh, he's becoming an offensive threat with his passing where he was just wasting um, passes earlier in the season. So I would probably... Go that way, but I'm, with Dave, I mean that's a, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. It also, it also probably thinking about it, what you just said there, Mike. It's a reason. For, it's a reason to not pick Shaka as well, because if David Louise is doing those 30, 30 yard passes as an alternative, you know, attacking, you know, rather than the slow build up uh, and just occasionally surprising the opposition with a thirty yard ball, like he did that one over the top for Willock tonight when when he ran through on it, fantastic. Um, it, it, that's what Shaka does well. 
Yeah. So you you know it's almost like you don't need Shaka in midfield because the, the one reason why Shaka is in the midfield is is those incisive passes through the lines. He's not really in it for his tackling. He's not in it for his pace. He's not in it for his defensive nous. He's in it because he, he's got a great passing range. But if yeah. David Luiz, as you say, has found his, and we've got Party and El Nene, it's another reason why Shaka's going to find it a struggle, I think, to get back in the team. Yeah, I just, I just don't like the way I just don't like the way he's in the back. If if we're going to play a solid like four at the back, I just don't like the way he's being one of those four. I just think there's a a, a risk in him too much. And he's done, he's done better though, Gav, hasn't he this season? No, well, he has. Let the dog out, chat. It's 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 going to happen though. That's it. I mean, and it does happen quite frequently. I mean. I mean, Arnie in the in the, uh, in the quotes there in, on the chat is saying that he reckons Holden's going to play on Sunday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I would I would think if Louise is fit, Louise plays. I just think that he's Arteta's man. Do you know what I mean? He's Arteta's man on the pitch. But in my head, really, I'm, you know, like I say, I, I still worry about him when he's if he's in a back two. When he's in a back three, fine. Back two. I just worry too much. They do have the added advantage of Party and El Nenny being the two in front of them. So, you, effectively, you're going to have at times, you're going to have a three because one of those two will sit or, or even a four because Bellerin and Tierney will be given licence with those two playing. You know, with a double pivot um, of that nature, I think a lot of our attacking play, as we get that back forward, those two working, will come from Bellerin and Tierney, like it does for Liverpool. You know, we've got good fullbacks, and really... We haven't seen them play as fullbacks very often together. Uh, I'm quite excited to see that in the next few games. Yeah, no, fair one. And like I say, Mike, to be fair, our defence is doing... I mean, like I say, I know we've played quite a, quite a number of different players in the defence this year. Uh, but something's right and something's a lot different with us this season by the fact that we're just not conceding a lot of goals. All right, it was a big fuck up for for the one tonight, but in general, we're not conceding any goals at the moment, mate. So I mean, is that personnel and positioning, or and set up of the team, or a bit of both? Yeah, it's a lot of things, I'm sure. But I think if ever, if we were all pinned down to one aspect of the game of football that Arteta's improved, and we could only choose one, for me, I would have a hard time. Um, not picking the word structure or organisation or whatever that word is, right? Because he has really organised and made us a structurally solid team um, on both ends of the field. We need more fluidity and creativity up top. But um, So it's the coach. Um, without that coach, we would not have this structure. And it shows you with, let's say, uh, somewhat average choices at right centre-back right now who are not necessarily elite class that we might be looking for. Um, that he that they're, be, they're they're being more than more than good enough for what we need until Saliba maybe uh, picks that place up in the future. So I think it's all the coach and uh, and his personal improvement of players as well as um, structure in the team um, and everybody and maybe the third piece of it is accountability so that the players know they can't get away with loose performances and um, and, and moments that are. Uh, like Mustafi giving away against Leicester, he was dropped instantly, gone. Mm. And holdings in, and holding it wasn't even fit. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I didn't. I wasn't listening to him entirely tonight at halftime. But Martin Keogh made the point last week. I know it was only Dundalk, um, 
and it's something the players actually said when Unai Emery first came, but it didn't seem to continue. But it's that it's that understanding of what we know. I remember Mustafi saying it about Emery. We all know exactly what we what our coach wants us to do when we haven't got the ball. And somewhere along the line, that was lost under Emery. But under Arteta, that's exactly what it is. You know, and and that's why when you see Kalazinak herring off up the pitch tonight, he'll get a rocket for that from Arteta. You know, and I think in the Premier League side, you know, we won't be seeing that. They know exactly where he wants them to be when we haven't got the ball, and we know that the jobs are when we haven't got the ball. Uh, and that we never had that in latter day Venga. We didn't have it in last day Emery, and we've got it. So it's not necessarily only about the individual player performances. It, you know, when they've got the ball, and what they're doing with the ball, and how well they defend. It's how well we play when we haven't got the ball. I think is very important these days. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly. Uh... And I said, I think I don't think it's something that we was all particularly expecting from our setup. To be fair, I mean, as a player, for the majority of his years as a player, he, he was the attacking midfielder. It was only when he comes to us and he, you know, his legs have gone. Uh, that, no, they were. Yeah, let's, let's be honest. Yeah, let's be truthful about no, it. No, no. I mean, you know, I think, I think, I think before he sold song, before he sold song, he'd already earmarked Arteta for that role. Because he, yeah. he started, he started there at Barcelona as a kid. You know, he was a defensive midfield player before he became an attacking midfield player. He just had a football brain, but he definitely, yeah, obviously, he didn't have the legs he had when he was young. But even Gary Neville, if you listen to Gary Neville's commentary, he said, "I've been, you know, I've been waiting years to be able to say something like, look at that defensive shape when I'm watching Arsenal.' <laughs> it just, it just wasn't something Gary Neville and Gary Neville." Love him or hate him, is a great pundit, and and he does make astute observations. And and we just have a shape and a structure, as as Mike said. And 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 if Gary Neville's saying it about us, and we know he's not our biggest fan, you know, you know that that is all down to Arteta. It's down to credit, credit, credit to the manager, no question. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. It's like I say, it, it just kind of amuses me really because, like I, say, I mean, Arteta especially is at Rangers and Everton, and he was. Very much the attacking progressive midfielder, etc., etc., et and then, like I say, for him to just like George Graham. Well, I know I was just about to bring up that comparison. To be fair, you know what I mean? <laughs> sorry, uh, no, that's what you beat me to it. But it it does it does sort of seem like that that he's, he's building from the back and he's building a shape, and the attacking this will go further forward again. Like George Graham, George Graham got rid of a few. Uh, Big time Charlie's on big wages, so to speak. Uh, he got rid of them quite quick, quickly and quite sharpish. And they were very big for, like, favourites. You know I mean, very, very big fan favourites at the time as mm. well. Okay. Samson, so, like, Nicholas, Mariner. Yeah. yeah. You know I mean? uh, Kenny as well. You know I mean, he, he, he sort of cleared it all out and bought in some younger lads. So, again, I, I, so I'm just such an advocate of this. These, these young lads that are coming through at the moment. Do you know what I mean? I really do think they're going to uh, do a job for us. Anyway, uh, for those that are still listening, if you want to tell us what your man of the match is, uh, I think we're all pretty much going to agree on on who that was this evening. Uh, Mike, anything else you want to say with regards to the, the sort of the end of the game? I mean, with the end of the game, I, just, we, yeah, I, I would say what a fantastic, what a fantastic cutback from. Bukayo Saka and, and what what I like watching in Bukayo Saka now is it's he's got the he's got a starting 11 shirt 
He's been a, he's, he, he, in a season. He's become a starting regular for Arsenal from from a standing start, really. And and that shirt, I just hope he realizes how iconic that shirt is that he's wearing. I'm sure he does. He's been at the club since he was a I'm sure he knows. But to wear the number seven for Arsenal, it's a massive deal. It's a massive deal, and I'm so oh, yeah. proud of him. Really. Yeah, no, I am. I am. Like I say, I mean, as you say, I mean, it's sort of. Every some some clubs have a special numbered shirt. Like I mean, the the Georgies love their number nine, and West Ham obviously retired the number six. Uh, and ours is the seven. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But I agree with you. Like I say, I mean, I, I thought the cutback that he did for the goal that, that was just perfect. He couldn't have the weight of it, the direction of it. Pepe didn't even have to move, did he? It was just no. there. All he had to do was literally swing his leg at it. And like I say, he was unlucky. I think what I liked about Saka tonight, which I don't, which we probably haven't seen before, and I know this almost sounds a bit backwards, he got caught offside twice. But I like the fact that he's now thinking he's got to be right on the shoulder, Mike. So, I mean, I think that's something that, he, that he's got to do more, be more on the shoulder of the yeah. defender. Yeah, well, the, the boy can do everything, let's be honest. Um, so, you can stick him on the shoulder, you can stick him wide, you can stick him inside. So, he's multifaceted, hence why he gets moved around everywhere. He's, just, he's, a, he's a threat and in the modern game where, you know, hybrid players are becoming a thing. He's one of the best in the league at it. Um, so, good for him. I was going to just give kudos to Pepe, actually, because I thought Pepe... Had maybe one of his worst halves for Arsenal in the first half. Nothing he did work. Um, but he kept him getting on the ball. And I like that. I like that courage because he didn't hide. Second half, as David said, when he was more on the left, he was much better. Um, and he made himself dangerous. And he finished with a goal. A good run, good finish. So a little bit of kudos there. It wasn't fantastic, of course. But, and I was bothered by Granit Xhaka. My last point is... Um, I felt like he was going through the motions and he needs to watch his back because not only has he lost his starting spot, I think we think, but I've got a feeling that he may next be the next high-profile player out of the club of Arsenal sort of move away from him because his contract's coming to the last couple of years. And um, I'm, not, I think, I'm not sure that he will have a place um, and a reason at Arsenal. Um, I've said, I, said, I said to Gav on the phone this week and I said on the last pod I was on, this is his last yeah. season at Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I said that at the start. I said that at the start of the season. You know, um, yeah. that. I mean, that's not decrying how important he's been in the first, you know, six months of, of, of Arteta's tenure. And it's not decrying what he's done for the club. You know, he's, he's won three FA Cups, crikey. You know, uh, he's a good player. But um, yeah, this is his last season, I think. Can I throw in a little frustration, Gav? Yeah, got a, a little frustration from pre match. Here, not to end on a sour note, but um, I guess we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. I don't know what's going on with Florin Belligan, but um, you know, uh, to see all those first teamers on the bench, there were plenty enough on the field and enough on the bench to solidify that game, no matter what the circumstance. And so, I suppose something's gone on as to why he's not on the bench. Um, but I, you know, for me, if you're not going to uh, start him or, or probably give him significant minutes against Dundalk at home and Mouldy at home. I'm not sure if you're ever going to do it. And I wonder if he's ever going to sign the contract. So, um, and again, without knowing what's going on behind the scenes and what the attitude's like, 
I've, I'd have thought one of those games would have been a great opportunity and tell Eddie, you know, Eddie, you're going to start many games. You'll get plenty of minutes because we all know he will. And he might be first choice. But we've got this guy in the academy who's getting almost no, no, no opportunities. And I don't really understand why he wasn't even on the bench tonight. That was a bit weird for me. He's been, like I say, he, he's been training with the first team. So I think he's almost a regular with training with the first team now. We're running out of the easy games, aren't we? After well, well, my, my, my view is, and I've tweet, a couple of people tweeted me about this or, or tweeted before the game, and I, I, I tended to agree. And then I thought about it. I thought, well... Maybe we've got Arteta's doing what Wenger used to do, you know, albeit in a different competition. But we win the group, which we've now done effectively. You know, one more p- one more point, we won the group. So let's get the first three games out of the way. We won the group, and then we'll see. You know, we might see Aziz, we might see Balogun, we might even see Charlie. Let's face it. So I think that might happen in the last two games. If we don't, we. If, I think Balogun will be on the bench the next game. If we win the next game. I think we'll see a few more of the kids in the last two games. That's what I think. Yeah. You know, could be no, I mean, I, I'm in the same mindset as you, Dave. I mean, I, to be honest with you, I wasn't sort of looking to see him on the bench and I probably would have been more surprised to see him on the bench than actually not. It's winning, you know, we win tonight uh, and like I say, these were the only team that was sort of going to come anywhere near us with winning the group. So we win at home. I think he might be on the plane for the away game. Uh, and then I would expect him to get serious minutes on the last two games. I would expect a lot of younger kids to get you know, minutes on the last two games. And certainly I, I would have thought tonight is possibly the strongest lineup that we're going to see for the remainder of the group stages. I, I can't envisage a stronger squad than yeah. tonight for the rest of the group stages. So I think he's probably been told that. Right, I think Arteta. Uh, he seems like he he wants to talk and he wants to have a personal and professional relationship with all the players. So I think he's probably told him that he's probably said, you know, put him on Thunder, who are probably one of the weakest clubs in the group. Uh, so he's probably that's why he's probably on the bench there. And I think tonight could have been, and indeed, you look at the first half and the first sort of opening five minutes of the second half. It was a little potential banana skin tonight. Mm. You know I mean, if, if they'd stayed one nil up for any longer, they would have tried to get the game off. We, I mean, so I understand our set of thoughts in this, and I, I don't think there's, I think you should read too, too much into it to me, say, if I'm being honest. Well, <laughs> even on the bench, though, Gav, because, you know, there's 150 subs on the bench, and you make five of them are allowed to play, and he could have played 20. 20, we, we, we were 3-1 up with about 25 minutes left or whatever. We could have played those last 25 minutes. and I'd, hey, I But Mike, Mike, ba- Balogun is a talent. He's not Alexis. He's not Ozil. We're not kowtowing to a player who won't sign a contract. Like, oh, if I put you on the bench, will you sign your contract? If he wants to play for Arsenal, sign the contract. You know, if he thinks he's good enough, he should sign the contract. Someone's telling him not to sign the contract. He didn't sign one all last year. I've got no sympathy. He's watched Tyrese John Jill's go on loan. He's watched Scream would be sold. He is next in line and he's still not signing a contract. I don't know what he wants. He's an Arsenal football club. Who does he think he is? I'm sorry. I've got, I've got no sympathy. <laughs> That's all. <awesome. laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, yeah. I haven't. You know, these are the signed contracts. They sign yeah. contracts because they want to play for Arsenal football club. They've been there since they were kids. You know, he, he doesn't want to sign a contract. Yeah, I get that. And I'm not disagreeing at all. My, my point is more that 
I feel like Dundalk at home, Mouldy at home, we're not going to have two easier home games this entire season. And then everything becomes more serious once you're in the group stages. We're in the semi-final of the Carabao Cup. We can't take risks there. FA Cup, you don't know who you're going to draw. So I'm just feeling like if you're going to give this this guy a chance, I figure that these two games were probably your best opportunity because you don't know if you're going to have a better chance. That's all. But if we well, sign him, he can go and loan in January and play in the Championship, can't he? If yeah. he signs a contract, then we've secured him. He can be, he can get loads of football. Yeah. And there's three, and there's three more games cool. left. There's, there's, there's three more games left in the group as well. So, I mean, personally, I mean, if we're... See, and again, you've, you've got to go down to the development of them as a player, them getting used to it, etc., uh, the fact that two of the last three games are away, uh, that's good development for a young a young player to get used to the travelling, uh, the long well the you know the longer travelling etc etc with the first team. So, you know, I'd expect to see him feature in all of the remaining three games. So I just think tonight was was one of those. And again, you don't know whether on you know, like I say, without really being a spotter, you don't know when the next under 23's game that he like, that they want him to feature in his as well. So it's one of those because he is he's, you know he's, he's, at the moment he's between squads. He's between the first team squad and the under three squad. So he's got a bounce between them. I don't even know if there are going to be more under 18s and under 23 games during lockdown to be honest. It's all up in the air at the moment. But yeah, fair point. I know we haven't got much time. But the only thing we haven't discussed is the decision not to play Runar Runason tonight, which is a, which was a perhaps a strange one. I don't know what your thoughts yeah. are on that. Quickly, yeah, I mean, I think it's just a little bit, little bit of a risk, isn't it? Having a first choice goalkeeper and your second choice goalkeeper so far behind him, and then the risk of injury. So for me, that's that's my nervousness every time I see Leno play a game that maybe he yeah. doesn't play. Mm. Interesting. Well, that's an odd one, certainly, because you know Matt Macy's got more experience than Runison really playing in in, in 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 English football. So you know, I don't know. I don't know. We need to we need to get to the bottom of that one. And again, to go back to the, the Belgian one. Uh, again, we had two keepers on the bench. Yeah, that, that's a rule. I found out. I put a tweet out before the game saying, "Why does this keep happening? It's ridiculous." Uh, but apparently, that's a Europa League rule. So. Help me understand why that's a rule. Please, somebody help me. Ah, uh, I don't know. I do it. No. Is, it the, is it the same people who have invented the VAR, do you reckon? Yeah, same people in charge of the US election as well. Anyway, it's, Gav, have they, have they ditched pay for view but for the weekend? Are we going to be able to watch Villa without paying? They no, ditched it. No, apparently, like I say, apparently there was a meeting today. Uh, with all the Premier League clubs, and obviously they're all leaking to their, you know, their favourite journalists as they do. Do you know what I mean? So apparently the pay per view is going to be stopped after the international break. So this weekend it will be pay per view, right. and then we've got another international break. Fuck knows why. Do you know what I mean? And it seems like it goes on for about the whole of November, right? Uh, by then, there might be a presidential outcome in the US, USA. Uh, maybe not. 
And again, like I say, our, our government might know what they're doing with regards to lockdown, not a lockdown, is a lockdown. I went out, to, like I say, I know we shouldn't be doing other stuff apart from football, right? But I went out for literally half an hour today, right? The change between this week and last week, and indeed last year, absolutely nothing. Everybody's still walking about. The only difference is there's less shop, shops open. The roads were busy. You know, the pavements were busy. Oh. I, I, oh, anyway, another thing I just found. Oh, well, I'm not saying anything about people in Essex, but flipping heck. Yeah, like <laughs> London. <laughs> the London Borough of Havering. Thank you very much, sir. <laughs> one, well, one anyway. anyway, boys, should we wrap this up? Let's do that. It's been a pleasure talking to you two gentlemen as always. Look yeah. forward to reading your write up tomorrow, Michael. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, forward to seeing my jigsaw puzzle on sale on Monday. And I'm going to try and do what one job never does, and that is finish the show off properly. Uh, don't hold your breath, gents. Hold on. Here we go. We're going to try and do it. I know, mate. It don't help look my computer. I like to say, you know, Santa, if you're listening, mate, I need a new PC. I need a new laptop. Gav is the new. What Gav is the new one job? <laughs> <laughs> well, on. all I've got to do is press this one button. And well, unless you count starting the show and finishing the show as two jobs, I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, let, let's see if we can do it. Hold on. If we go dark, I've done it right. Hold on. Oh no, we've gone black there's, at least three, there's at least three people waiting for this. I know, I know. And, <laughs> and, and it's all three of us. <laughs> on tenderhook, you know what I mean? I'm dying honestly, yeah. honestly, I'm going to bed. <laughs> well, hold on, it's going to work in a minute, I promise. Any second now. Happy Arsenal.